It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Freedom. Freedom. That's all she's asking for is freedom. I wonder, you know, how does it make you guys feel good to make this lady cry? I remember 1989. Tenement Square, you to hear that again today. That is a Chinese immigrant to Canada standing at the line, I believe at the bridge, I'm not sure, but one of the protests in Canada with the Canadian truckers. And she's saying, 1989, remember 1989 and she, Tiananmen Square, I was there. And people came out because they wanted, she, I'm putting words in her mouth because she didn't speak good English, but we know what she's talking about. They came out in China, in Beijing, seeking freedom just peacefully with flowers and uh, trucks rolled over them. And actually, we don't even know because uh, Beijing controls information so tightly. We know through word of mouth that people were killed and arrested and disappeared. And she says, I came to Canada because of that. I came to Canada, not in Canada. But, um, you know, I guess Justin Trudeau wasn't listening because he's refused to meet with the truckers. It's, this isn't, we're in our third week here. He's called them Nazis, uh, insurrectionists. Uh, he's called them every name in the book. Uh, and just double down, last night I saw a policewoman uh, from one of the um, provinces, Alberta, I think it was, and she was actually accusing that she said that they had found uh, a, someone who was trying to murder someone. So they'd arrested someone for attempted murder. They'd found all this cachet of weapons and body armor. And interestingly enough, when the, pol- the uh, media was asking her questions following up on her statement, there was a theme. And the theme was, you know, Actually, we, we're hearing other things. That's not the story that we're getting. How can the Canadian people know if you're telling the truth or not? It's just, it was a remarkable interaction. If it weren't so long, I would have played it for you. But uh, So Justin Trudeau, you know, uh, these uh, unwashed masses of people, 50,000 as it started out, truckers driving across Canada, just to please stop the mandates. Don't make people get these vaccines don't make us show proof of vaccine to live, to breathe, to get out. Please, uh, even though we, so many of us have been vaccinated, this is wrong. We're protesting. Uh, we're losing jobs. People are hurting. Please listen. But the premier, no, 
No, no, no, Trudeau, no, 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 Mr. Maybe, possibly. And I know this sounds silly, but I've read an article that makes me actually ponder that Justin Trudeau might actually be the son of Fidel Castro. There are reasons for that. I read a really reasonable article. Uh, further, I read one silly article earlier, and I saw lots of pictures of him where he looks like Castro in every picture. It's just amazing. I mean, you can make anyone look like anyone else just about in these Photoshop things, but this was picture after picture. And uh, this particular investigative journalist said that, indeed, uh, Trudeau's parents had visited uh, uh, Cuba around the time that Justin Trudeau would have been conceived and that uh, uh, Fidel Castro had had something like 19 children, like, uh, not, you know, outside of marriage, he'd fostered 19 children, uh, that he was known for his sexual uh, appetite. Uh, Justin's wife was, uh, Justin's mother was known for that. She was a hippie, free love child. She was like 22 when she married his dad, who was like 60-something. And uh, they, they had a really wild reputation. I told you that right up front. And then there are pictures, at least two, of uh, Mrs. Trudeau, uh, Justin's mother, you know, uh, very cozy. Like, one, she's got her arms around, both arms around Fidel Castro. And uh, they they loved him. They went to Cuba a lot. They thought he was great. And when he died, Justin Trudeau was the only Western leader that praised Fidel Castro. All right, these are circumstantial. But I'm just saying, what is it, what's going on here? What's going on here? So Justin Trudeau uh, stood up, and this is what he said yesterday in response to the truckers who just want to talk to him, just want to have a dialogue, this is what he said. The government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the Emergencies Act, authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. This order covers both personal and corporate accounts. Third, we are directing Canadian financial institutions to review their relationships with anyone involved in the illegal blockades and report to the RCMP or CSIS. As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. Federal government institutions will have a new broad authority to share relevant information with banks and other financial service providers to ensure that we can all work together to put a stop to the funding of these illegal blockades. This is about following the money. This is about stopping the financing of these illegal blockades. We are today serving notice. If your truck is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. All right, that was Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland. Uh, so we didn't do Justin. We'll do him in a second. That's the one I wanted. But this is Deputy Premier Christia Freeland. And she is uh, like creepy. Oh, what do you think? Uh, I, so now I know a little bit more about her. She worked for George Soros for years. Uh, and she's, you know, doesn't feel too badly about doing this. And what they're saying is all those people involved in the protest, the truckers, uh, their, their corporate accounts, but also their personal accounts, they're going to take all their money. 
How are they going to survive anything? Uh, they're freezing, by the way. Um, Give, Send, Go was hacked yesterday, and the hackers released the names and personal information of everyone who has donated to the truckers. Hey, I'm on that list. So you know what? I've been on so many lists. I guess now I'm on another list. But, um, you know, it is, it's an intimidation act, and, of course, you don't know what they're going to do with that information. And so for those of you that give, gave to Give, Send, Go, everybody knows now. And you know what? You might as well get used to it. This is a battle for the survival of, you know, Western civilization, for sure, everywhere, all over the world. And if you haven't really been stung by it yet, you will. Even if you stay out of this, it's coming to your doorstep. And so, uh, yeah, so they're going after everything. But uh, the reason that uh, Christia could make that statement was because uh, Justin Trudeau stood up first and said the following. This is clip two. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels across the country. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. All right, so they're uh, cutting off bank accounts, personal and uh, public, uh, and uh, you know business accounts for these truckers. Uh, they're going to uh, also freeze social media posts. They're going to the Canadian Civil Liberty, Liberties Association has denounced this decision. TD Bank though has frozen bank accounts connected to the Freedom Convoy protests. They're doing doing their part. I'm sure American banks will do their part too. They've already shown us how loyal uh, they are to the American people by you know, releasing information to the FBI about the protesters on January the 6th. We have trouble, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to go, I want to give you some hope because I have to tell you, I, this morning when I woke up, I just, my, I was just like a knife in my heart. I was looking at this last night and pulling all these clips and just uh, worried sick for these good people who just don't want to be forced to take a medicine that is harming and killing them, harming and killing their children, which is causing them not to be able to eat, to go out, to have a life. This has been going on. They've been shut down in Canada now for two full years. And so they, they need help. They need help. They're just they're not asking much, but that's what they're asking. Don't may force us to do this. Don't force us to prove that we have this, uh, that we have had the vaccine, and that our children are going to be vaccinated. But this is the good news. Multiple Canadian premiers are pushing back on this, and I will give you their names and tell you what they're saying. Scott Moe is the uh, provincial premier of uh, Saskatchewan, and this is his statement. The illegal blockades must end, but police already have sufficient tools to enforce the law and clear the blockades, as they did over the weekend in Windsor. Therefore, Saskatchewan does not support the Trudeau government invoking the Emergencies Act. If the federal government does proceed... And they just did proceed last night. This, with this measure, I would hope it would only be invoked in provinces that request it. Uh, then uh, Heather Stephenson, she's the newly elected conservative premier of Manitoba. She said, I am proud of Manitoba's law enforcement officials and have full confidence in them to protect our communities. The proposal from the federal government to, to use the Emergency Act is not helpful to the situation at the Emerson border. Quebec Premier Francois Legault has been much more strict on COVID-19, but he said, we don't want this in Quebec territory. Alberta Premier Jason Kennedy, that I told you I'm co- acquainted with him, 
He said, This morning I told Prime Minister Trudeau that Alberta's government is opposed to the invocation of the Federal Emergencies Act. We all have all the legal tools and operational resources required to maintain order. The act would add no relevant additional powers or resources. But, of course, it does add the ability of Justin Trudeau to personally stop anyone who opposes him by freezing them out financially. Uh, it looks as though you cannot bank in Canada if you oppose uh, Justin Trudeau or his policies. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, it, ironically, various provinces are actually lifting uh, their passport mandates and their restrictions. <clears throat> Doug Ford, who's been <clears throat> you know, talking out of both sides of his mouth, he's the Ontario Premier, has uh, said that he's going to lift vaccination requirements, proof of vaccination requirements, on February the 14th. That's yesterday. Ford said, based on recommendations by, by the province's chief medical officer, blah, blah, blah. And then effective uh, February 17th, capacity limits will be removed for restaurants, bars, and gyms. And I, I'm not going to read all the details, but um, basically, you know, he's lifting them. And then in Saskatchewan, they're lifting their proof. And Alberta is lifting their requirement of proof. Manitoba is ending all COVID-19 orders March 15th. Quebec is uh, lifting some of their COVID-19 restrictions as well, and, good, and they've been the most locked down. This is an interesting article, article written by my friend George Rasley. It kind of lays the philosophical foundation for this. It's called The Gates of Hell Crack Open Against the Canadian Truckers. And uh, I will. Uh, it's in Conservative HQ, and I, we will put that on our Getter page so that you can read that. Um, uh, so I just give some background on this that I can't get into right now. I want to tell you that um, there is a convoy starting in California on March the 5th. And uh, Dr. Cariardi, who led that march in D.C., <laughs> said this. I think this is actually funny. He said, following the event in D.C., in his monologue, and with a sneer, Jimmy Kimmel dubbed our D.C. gathering covid Chella in reference to Coachella, uh, California, which hosts a huge music festival. Well, whatever Jimmy thinks of our government... Uh, we liked our, our movement. We liked the name and just so happened to align with my suggestion to have our next event in California. So we settled it in Coache Coachella Valley. The Burning Man Outdoor Festival atmosphere provides a ready-made hashtag, Burning Mandate. So they're going to be leaving from Coachella Valley uh, on March the 6th. And uh, you should know about that. And, of course, it's going to be in the news, and you know we'll be talking about it. Coming up next, we're going to discuss what the left has done to President Trump. The recent indictments by uh, John Durham with our good friend Matt Schlapp of American Conservative Union. Stay tuned. The Raising Godly Boys Minute with Mark Hancock. You know, the Census Bureau reports that only 18% of American homes consist of a mother, father, and child. That's an incredibly sad statistic. It means that kids in over 100 million households don't have the loving influence of either a mother or a father. More often than not, the father is the one missing from the home. This leaves boys without a role model and without a father's guidance and correction. The result is that many boys suffer greater behavioral, emotional, and social problems than boys with a father in the home. Whether your son has the benefit of a father or not, it's important to provide him guided mentorship by godly men. Trail Life USA provides excellent programs that help boys develop character, adventure, and leadership skills. Learn more at Trail Life USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. You can raise godly boys. Visit RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Rick Spinrad, Administrator of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. His agency performs a number of services, including deep sea exploration and protection of marine mammals and endangered life. Psalm 139 verses 9 and 10 reminds us that God leads us as we care for the lands and seas. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Rick Spinrad at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. It may very well have been the largest act of hypocrisy in modern American history. Dozens of Hollywood celebrities and Democrats unmasked at the Super Bowl. It was a clear violation of the Los Angeles County COVID regulations. Even Mayor Eric Garcetti was spotted hobnobbing with the rich and famous just two weeks after he was blasted for appearing maskless at the NFC Championship game. The mayor said at the time he was holding his breath. That being said, the celebrities were not alone in their defiance of the health department. More than 70,000 fans also attended the Super Bowl, bare-faced, and I say good for them. But there's just one problem. Students in Los Angeles are still under orders to wear face coverings while on school property. You know, it seems to be if thousands of unmasked football fans can gather bare-faced inside a football stadium, the kids ought to be able to do the same inside the Cafe Gymnatorium. I'm Todd Stearns. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. Well, there's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't look, put on you. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. No, as a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. That was Leslie Stahl and President Trump. Uh, you know, I wonder if anyone, since the news of John Durham's further indictments in his report broke Saturday morning, I just wonder if anyone has gone to Leslie Stahl and put a mic in front of her face and ask her what she thinks now, because we have learned that Hillary Clinton and her campaign paid a tech operator, paid an attorney, John uh, uh, Michael Sussman, who worked for Perkins Coy, uh, to go to the FBI, and they had this vast group of researchers. They worked with Georgia Tech, a tech executive, 
and they prepared all this research to present for, for Michael Sussman to present to the FBI like he's a concern. He's concerned. He's heard all this stuff about President Trump and Russia. Now there seems to be evidence. And now we know, of course, none of it was true. None of it was true. And they actually wiretapped President Trump's headquarters. They wiretapped his executive offices when he was president. They surveilled all of the people that worked for him. They gathered information, and this was done by Hillary Clinton, his opponent, and the presidential operation. We know that we, they have money. They know that they actually paid these people. This is not a supposition, a guess. This actually happened, and many people are saying, I don't even know why I'd say it this way. This is treason. This is treason. It is treason. So someone who was on the front row uh, for this whole un- unfolding was a good friend. You've heard him on this show many times before. Matt Schlapp is currently the chairman of the American Conservative Union, but he was very close to President Trump during all this. I'm not sure if he had an official advisory capacity, but I'm sure he advised, and he can tell us in a second. His wife, Mercedes, was in charge of uh, communications for the Trump uh, re-election committee. Before that, she worked with President Trump, or after that, she worked for President Trump in the White House. And so uh, he and his wife, Matt and Mercedes, both had a front row seat to this. So I've asked him to join us this morning because I'm really eager to know his response to this news we learned Saturday morning. Matt, thanks for joining us this morning. Sandy, thanks for having me on again. All right, so Matt, I guess just some simple questions. And let me give you some background. I've hardly talked about this to my audience. I've been covering the Canadian truckers. There's so much news, it's just tough. So we may have to fill in some blanks as we talk here. But I hope to, that I just gave a, a bit of an overview. What, what did you think when you heard this Saturday morning? Were you, uh, what did you think? What was your first response? That everything they tell us is a lie that I don't know who to trust, that, you know, I, I didn't even watch Fox News on election nights for years, even though I liked their, you know, their ideological approach better. But I didn't watch it because I wanted to, you know, watch CNN and just get both sides real fast. That's kind of how my brain is wired and how I developed in politics. And what you've come to realize is there's no truth to these people. You know, if they'll justify burning down our cities and if they'll justify illegal voting, so kind of justify everything. And so what you've seen here is an elaborate attempt to always say there's no proof, there's no proof, there's no proof. Just because you have, you can't win in a courtroom with proof because maybe even the judge won't do his job, doesn't mean you don't have truth on your side. And you can just see um, that's the world we live in, where every time they tell us you didn't win in court or the Supreme Court didn't decide with you, you have no proof, you got to keep looking because the truth could very well still be there. And in this case, it was very clear what the Hillary Clinton campaign had done, but I think there's a lot still to come out, Sandy. At what point did they have this dastardly attempt to, by the way, uh, to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president? That was the first goal, so to pervert an election, to use the, uh, the tech airwaves and everything else to lie about Trump so that he couldn't get enough votes and Hillary would be the president. And then after they lost, to try to bring his presidency down and say it was illegitimate. Remember, they never accepted the outcome. Even though when we bring up the uh, voter irregularity in 2020, we're called proponents of the big lie. (laughs) And then they somehow got FISA courts to uh, continue with the spying. And uh, I believe that the spying went deep into the administration, maybe the whole time. 
And so what you've just said where it affected everybody uh, who worked for him, I think that's right. I think there was a giant, perhaps the largest violation of civil rights um, that we've seen in, uh, you know, modern times. And it's, it, it, you know, political civil rights, our ability to have our political views. And, uh, and I think there needs to be hell to pay for this. Oh, I do too. I do too. Um, so there's so much to talk about. I guess this is the perfect time to release it because we have a horrible Justice Department that won't do anything with this. That bothers me, man. I don't know. I, I don't know if you feel that. Um, look, I'm I'm grateful that John Durham has stayed with this in spite of uh, Bill Barr uh, stepping back and resigning, which is a tremendous disappointment when he did that. He actually sort of started playing for the other team. I never understood that. But John Durham has stayed with this, but um, did, isn't part of you wonder why he couldn't have said, because something could have been said earlier than this until we're deep in the Biden administration and have such a, uh, a rogue Justice Department? Well, I think, I think there are people on our side who are still trying to play by the old rules. And the old rule says you don't use your power, you don't use your power in the media, you don't use your power as a regulator. To, uh, to try to pervert an election. And what our side needs to realize is the other side is playing by a set of rules to destroy us, to cancel us. Uh, in this book, I talk about the desecration of the country. Um, they're trying to destroy everything that's good and holy and right, and they're trying to destroy America and rebuild it in this new progressive image. I hate that word progressive because we're not progressing toward I anywhere. Yeah. And no. so we're playing by these rules. So you know, a Bill Barr is saying, well, I, if I if I opine on this, it's really going to affect the uh, uh, outcome of the election. And what I would tell my own team, and look, Mercy and I work for President Bush, we understand the rules very well, is toss out the rules. Doesn't mean you don't, doesn't mean you toss out doing what's right and wrong, but what, you have to understand the battle we're in. We're in the battle to save the country. The country is falling apart. Civilization's unwinding before our eyes. And a lot of our neighbors are blind to it. But you're not blind to it, Sandy. I'm not blind to it. And I don't think we go down without a fight. It doesn't mean the end justifies the means. What it means is you have to understand the battle you're in. So the kind of the polite, decent rules that we had need to be chucked for this idea that when, you, that when they lie so extravagantly as to aid and abet this effort to destroy America, I am going to personally do everything I can to expose the truth. You know, Matt, when you said that, I think of, um, this is what comes to my mind. The The Old Testament is filled with stories of how the uh, the Israelis, the Jews, uh, God's chosen people, the Hebrews, you know, fought back. And often they used really clever things that God gave them to do that nobody thought of. You know, and I imagine most of the traditionalists would have said, oh, we can't do that. You know, but they did very unusual things, and they still do that, like in Israel. When they fight battles, the Mossad and some of the military forces, they use very unusual methods. And I'm with you. I mean, this is not, these are not normal times. And convention needs to be just thrown out the window. I don't think morality needs to be thrown out, but convention needs to be thrown out. And let, let me just say, I did not say, because I was going to get to it in a little bit, but I want to say that Matt is, uh, has just authored a new book called The, De- the Desecrators, Defeating the Cancel Culture Mob and Reclaiming One Nation Under God. And he's written this, this with, um, with uh, oh gosh, D- uh, Dean, help me. I don't have Deal his name Hudson. in front of me. Deal Hudson. Deal Hudson. Uh, who great, is, uh, a great guy. 
Yes, he is a great guy. I've known uh, him for such a long time. And uh, the book is not out yet, but you can get it. You can pre-order it. And we will talk about it in a second, but I wanted to lay that marker. He's gotten some of the greatest recommendations on this from Mark Levin to President Trump uh, to just tons of people weighing in. Because Matt is a great thinker. He's a deep thinker. And he's just a fierce fighter. That's why... That's why I like him very much as a friend. But it's uh, the desecrators defeating the cancel culture mob and reclaiming one nation under God, and I think you can pre-order it even now. And another practical thing I want to mention to you, Matt and CPAC are the ones, uh, the conservative, American Conservative Union, are the ones that sponsor CPAC, which is that big conference you see in the news every year where all of the conservative leaders and pundits in the country gather in one place and it goes on for several days, and, and it makes a lot of news. It's coming up in Orlando on February the 24th, and I'll be there on Radio Row, so you'll be hearing about that from me. But I just want to give you a heads up on that, and I'm sure it's probably not too late to go. If some of you would like to attend CPAC Orlando, you can just go to CPAC.org yeah, and find absolutely. out how to do that. Yeah, so, all right, I, I want to get—let me go back just for a second and get a specific in here, Matt, because— um, I think everyone will remember this. Uh, this was right before the election, right right before Hillary's running against President Trump, and news broke that, ah, oh, ha-ha, President Trump had a secret account through Alpha Bank, and that was his way of communicating with the Russians. And that came out, like, I'm saying, a couple of days before the election. And Hillary Clinton, now people have gone back and found her correspondence, I guess, And this is what she tweeted. Four things you need to know about the Trump Organization's secret server to communicate with Russia, Russian Alpha Bank. And hang on, the caveat, remember that Hillary was in a battle because of her private server, uh, which was not secured, exposed to the whole world. She was under assault for that. So she is, this is the context in which she's saying this. Number one, Donald Trump has a secret server. Yes, Donald Trump. Number two, it was set up to communicate privately with a Putin-tried Russian bank called Alpha Bank. Number three, when a reporter asked about it, they shut it down. Number four, one week later, they created a new server with a different name for the same purpose. The point in telling you that is just to say, John Durham has reported in his report that that was a complete, total, and utter lie generated. The whole story was generated by Hillary and her team. Matt, can you tell us a little bit, some of the nuts and bolts of how she did this, as best as you can understand at this point from the Durham report? Well, like I said, I think we still have, I think my, my, my read of the situation is that there's a lot more to come, and there's a lot more details to come, so we're going to learn more. But I think what they... Um, I think what uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign did, it looks like in working with Perkins Coie. Now, let me just explain what Perkins Coie is. You know um, how there are law firms that are set up for special purposes, and we read these in these extravagant fictional uh, accounts of how you have a law firm to aid and abet some kind of other dastardly goal. Well, Perkins Coie is basically the law firm for the left. There's a law firm for George Soros. They're the law firm for all these donors who work through this association of nonprofits called Arabella. And I know it's sounding like I'm uh, about ready to spout conspiracy theories or, or, you know, and say that, like, this is where they fund the, uh, you know, searching for Sasquatch and stuff. But the fact is, is that the truth is more bizarre than anything they could make up. And this law firm essentially is hired by most corporations. I believe I have worked with them before unknowingly, not realizing 
I was working with an arm of this uh, of these left wing uh, billionaires who were trying to destroy America, and the Hillary Clinton used them uh, to do quote unquote compliance, FEC compliance and legal compliance, and it looks to me like what they actually did was first of all it was Christopher Steele and uh, the dossier, which turned out to be a complete fraud. And as part of this effort, this is another chapter of the book, which is detailed facts, in air quotes, because they're lies, about how Donald Trump was colluding with Russia. Why did they do this? They did this because as people like my wife and I and you, Sandy, were appearing in in hostile media, um, there was this Trump is somehow controlled financially by Russia so that when he gets in office, Putin's going to be able to do what he wants. This was the beginning of the first impeachment to bring him down. And uh, and what's ironic is the only time Putin has gotten what he wanted is when Barack Obama was in office and now that Joe Biden's in office. That's when Putin gets what he wants because they are weak and feckless and they don't believe in standing up uh, for uh, America's power abroad. And uh, And we have wars and we look weak. And it's ironic when Donald Trump is in office, that's when China and Russia and the other bad guys were the most timid. So the facts belie everything the Hillary Clinton campaign put out. But I will just say this. Something happened between Perkins Coie, the law firm, and then all of these apparatics in the swamp, like John Brennan, like Jim Comey, these Democrats who were ensconced in these very powerful positions, it somehow became part of government policy because Trump was a traitor and because he was working, including with Russia, to bring Trump down because they knew that they would find out this dirt and is continuing today through the 1-6 committee. They have never stopped using our taxpayer money to do opposition research to try to destroy Trump because Trump is the only politician in my lifetime to realize how serious this all is and that we have to fight fight, fight to save the country. You know, isn't it something, Matt, that actually he's the only character that I can think of internationally, not just here. You know, he became a, a, a clarion personality for the world to fight back. We're seeing this all over now, Western Europe, I'll just say Western Europe and Canada, this totalitarianism creeping in. And uh, Donald Trump represented freedom to the people in England, too, when Boris Johnson went south. And so he must be destroyed. And the, the world, it wasn't just the United States. It was the whole world descending on his family and his work, his organization, trying to destroy him. And, of course, they're still doing that. I want to go back to Russia just for a second to make a point. Just to remind people, Hillary Clinton is, of course, claiming early on that Donald Trump is colluding with Russia. She's the one that paid for this, paid the attorneys to go go to the FBI, John, uh, Michael Sussman, and claim he's just concerned. He's concerned, and he's speaking for another person, a tech person who's concerned, too, and this is what they found. Ironically, it's Hillary Clinton who paid for all of that, and it was Hillary Clinton who uh, made sure that Russia was able to buy almost, I can't remember the percentage, but most of our uranium reserves. Uranium uh, produces, of course, nuclear weapons. And we had reserves and connected with Canada. Hillary Clinton deliberately gave those rights and that, that resource, that natural resource, 
uh, to Russia when she was Secretary of State under Barack Obama. That's the that's my. I'm not sure what I'm running out of adjectives, Matt. I, I just that that's the height of undermining your country right there. And so that she's it's a pot calling a kettle black as always. Yeah, what they they are guilty with uh, of what they accuse us of being. So every time they try to say Trump or his people were traitors or they were selling out the United States, it wasn't us who were doing it. It was them who were doing it. Let me just ask you a question. You know, I don't mind people being financially successful. I think it's great. Um, I really am not a class warrior. Um, But when Barack Obama was filmed the other day without his mask on, while he's building yet another multi-million dollar compound, you know, we've never seen this in the post-presidency before. Um, you know, the Clintons went from being dead broke to being fabulously rich to being worth hundreds of millions of dollars in a nanosecond. The Obamas went from being worth um, some, you know, smallish amount of wealth to owning, I don't know how many $10 million houses there. I cannot keep track. Um, you know, and once again, if he's writing books that people want to read and everything else, that's fine. But if you look behind all of this, which is nobody uses their time in office to uh, get wealthy faster than uh, the Obamas and the Clintons. Why do I bring all that up? Donald Trump lost wealth while he was in office. Donald Trump's kids are more canceled financially than they ever have been. By the way, I know all three of the kids uh, from uh, that first marriage, and uh, they're all good. They're good people. They're fine, upstanding people. People can like them or not like them or not like their Twitter accounts, whatever, but they're not drug addicts. They're not criminals. You know, they're raising nice kids. Um, you know, so why, why, why is it so easy for, if your last name is Clinton Obama, to get on the board of Netflix or this company or that company and get $10 million here and $10 million there? But if you have the opposite political views, which in America is legal, by the way, it's completely legal to have the opposite political views, how is it you have to be destroyed? How is it everybody associated with you has to get indicted? You know, we're raising money at CPAC on this First Amendment fund through our C3 for all these people being hauled in before 1-6. How come when you work for Barack Obama, you get a million-dollar-a-year job and you get acclaimed by your uh, alma maters? Uh, and if you work for Donald Trump, like my wife, why, why is it okay that she's on an assassination list? How come that doesn't get reported more? How come it doesn't get reported more that people still make threats against us and our children because she had the courage to work for Trump? This has to stop. This criminalization of those of us who believe in the Constitution, where the other side ingratiates itself and gets rich for trying to destroy the Constitution and weaken what makes America great, uh, this has to stop. And this is the great fight of our lives. Yep. And, uh, and we all got to get engaged. Matt, let me ask you a question. Can, can, you, can we take a break and can you come back and we talk about your book in more depth? Are you able to yeah, do that? Okay. All right. My guest is Matt Schlapp, and his book is Desecrators, Defeating the Cancel Culture Mob and Reclaiming Reclaiming One Nation Under God. So much to talk about, and I appreciate your time always, Matt. Uh, We'll be back right after this. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow 
political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Are you in need of hope, encouragement, and the love of God? I'm Pastor Salem. I'd like to invite you to join us for the Christian Worship Hour. For decades, I've been teaching the Word of God so that people everywhere can experience the love and power of a personal relationship with our Lord. Tune into this station this weekend and prepare to be blessed and encouraged by another life-changing message. Learn more about our program at ChristianWorshipHour.com. Having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. After 11 months, the southern border remains wide open, if not functionally erased. Illegal aliens cascade across. From February 1st to December 31st, 2021, Customs and Border Protection apprehended a record 1.9 million illegal aliens on the southern frontier. Versus only 511,000 one year earlier under then-President Trump. That's a 283% increase. And that's just the ones they caught. The Biden administration has had an entire year to improve this rapidly deteriorating mess. Instead, they haven't lifted a cuticle. This is not accidental, folks. This is intentional. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This February, you can share heartbeats for the preborn. The Ministry of Preborn's mission is to rescue preborn babies. You see, every heartbeat proclaims our Creator's name. And when a mother considering abortion hears that heartbeat through ultrasound, the message is loud and clear. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. Preborn cries out for the preborn through heartbeats while supporting moms in crisis nationwide. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. And 80% of the time, she'll choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Special Prosecutor John Durham's long-running investigation of apparent criminal activities involving former government officials opposed to Donald Trump's presidential candidacy in 2016 and subsequent presidency has apparently hit Pater. In a court filing on Friday, Mr. Durham formally alleged that Hillary Clinton's campaign staff engaged tech workers to penetrate the computer systems of not only Trump Tower, but the White House. If true, the implications are profound and extremely ominous. For example, what was afoot appears to have been more than politically motivated criminal activity, including by individuals now in sensitive Biden administration posts. It would seem to involve as well the compromise of national security by American partisans. And if Mrs. Clinton's hackers could get inside the White House communications wire, foreign enemies surely did too. Thank you, John Durham, for exposing the Clinton coup. Now, please prosecute its perpetrators. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net.
Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. Before we uh, con- uh, continue our conversation with Matt Schlapp, I want to remind you that we are in a fight to defund the mandates right now in our Congress. And the problem is that Republican leaders are slow walking. They don't, you know, they're not really concerned about you. Does that sound familiar? Maybe they, you know, eat with Justin Trudeau. I'm not sure. Uh, But we have to pressure them. And that's why we've started this campaign, Defund the Mandates. If you go to Align Act, A-L-I-G-N-A-C-T, we have generated, I think, I think it's 20 million, but I, I'm not sure exactly because it didn't look this morning. Uh, but it's very simple. You can contact your your uh, member of Congress in both houses very easily. And as I said, friends of ours uh, run this, and so and it's trustworthy, so you don't have to worry about your information. It's a line act. Go to the defund the mandates. I think it's the top campaign, and join us to put pressure on those guys in Washington who need to do the right thing for a change. Uh, Matt Schlapp is our guest, and he is the. Uh, chairman of the American Conservative Union, and that's the organization that runs CPAC. They also, you know, do a voter guide. Uh, they kind of uh, they t- keep scores of uh, public servants and, and their uh, conservatives and their voting records uh, just to help you determine, you know, how exactly you should think about various candidates. And he is the, the author of a new book called The Desecrators, Defeating the Cancel Culture Mob and Reclaiming One Nation Under God. He's written it with Deal Hudson. It's not out yet, but it's got great endorsements. Let me read this one before I go back to Matt. Uh, president Donald Trump says, I have valued Matt's help ever since we met as I was preparing to run for president. He and his wonderful wife, Mercedes, are D.C. insiders who love their country and assisted me in many ways as, he won, as we won and began to change Washington and the world. This important book, co-authored by Deal Hudson, describes a path to end the desecration of our great USA. And uh, Mark Levin, Bill Donahue of Catholic League, uh, it reads like a who's who of uh, wonderful people, Dr. Alveda King and Marjorie Dannenfeldser, Susan B. Anthony List, uh, among others. And you can pre-order it on Amazon, and you can bet it's going to be a great book, and we will talk more about it when it actually comes out. Matt, when I was reading that uh, comment from President Trump, I was reminded that we should not fail to say, this is remarkable. Look at what President Trump and his team managed to do, in spite of the blockades everywhere, with the nominations, all of it. Just comment on that, if you could. President Trump, uh, for whatever reason, um, uh, you know, uh, liked uh, to talk to me about politics from time to time before he decided to run, and uh, and and then he hired my wife at the White first at the White House and then at the campaign. That campaign was a terrible campaign, poorly managed. It still makes me mad. But the um, she went through, you know, it was tough. But throughout it all, she got a real insight into him. Um, she's great admiration for him. He treats women with respect. He actually loves women. Um, he uh, she felt like he always asked her opinion. He never discounted her. Um, uh, when he sees her to this day, either the president or Melania will say, "This is Mercedes Schlapp. She's the one who won the Hispanic vote for me." You know, like he's <laughs> just a very um, he's different from the caricature. By the way, all these national politicians are different from their caricatures that people think, the perception, the public perception of them. Oh, he's a nice guy. Sometimes the nice guys are real jerks. Sometimes the jerks are real nice guys. It's just, it's all kind of flipped. Uh, The media has such an impact on things. And I would just say I've never seen, look, I think President Bush was really tortured in office. I think Dick Cheney was really tortured in office. The only criticism I have of them, you know, we can all have policy disagreements. My criticism is that when they got done, they didn't, they're not helping us understand 
um, they're not helping us push back on the unfair treatment that they got. They fall neatly back into this process whereby you get big corporate gigs to give speeches. Um, a lot of your alumni have big corporate jobs, and uh, everybody gets uh, and everybody gets rich. And I think what I would encourage them and what I would encourage people who are my colleagues in the Bush-Cheney administration is to wake up. Um, that, that day is over. Um, you can't be a CEO of a company if you have our politics, uh, which is why they try to act like they don't have our politics unless they see me in a restaurant and say, oh, my God, isn't it terrible what's happening? And I say to them, well, it would be nice if your company would stop making what's happening uh, happen faster, you know? Um, you know, when you have Bank of America and Verizon and AT&T turning all this information over to the one six committee um, without scrutinizing the fact that we've never had a committee in Congress ever that didn't have a minority picked by the minority with minority lawyers. Um, you know, that's outrageous. So I would just say what Donald Trump did is, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know what his relationship is with God. It's probably not my business. Um, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I believe. He was picked for that moment to defend the country and to defend the values we care about. And I still think he has an awfully important role. And it's an honor to be able to have played a role in that. Well, you you know that I agree. You know that I agree. And I, I always say, look at what a man does, not what he says. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, and it's amazing. You talk about the, the uh, that... Uh, this whole letter, I'm trying to remember quickly, uh, 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 that I just had sent to me, circulating, uh, by former Bush employees, all kinds of people, coming down on uh, the, the the disgrace of uh, uh, the Republicans, uh, like the Republican RNC supporting the January 6th uh, people that are wrong, have been wrongly accused. Many, most of them, I would say most of them, maybe not all, but most, and so maltreated. And this is an issue for them. Uh, they would they would rather embrace Liz Cheney and and defend her and um, Adam Kinzinger than they would defend ordinary people who I, the, the the lack of vision. Or I don't know what's going on with that, Matt. Are they that dumb? What is going on with that? I don't think it's dumb. I think that look, I I, re, I recount this in the book, uh, and the book tells a little bit of our story of what it's like to be canceled and what it's like uh, to. You know, be canceled quite honestly by my former Bush Cheney friends and my former RNC friends and the people who thought we were rational and normal. And then they started to think we were like crazy or, you know, um, or maybe chasing power or chasing money, whatever they thought. I don't really care what, what anybody thinks anymore. Um, you know, we, we recount that story. And what we all have a choice to make is if civilization is unwinding in this great desecration, which I think is a spiritual. The reason why the book is called The Desecrators is the spiritual fight we're in in cancel culture. Cancel culture exists at the secular level. Those of us who are believers realize there's something more dastardly at wait, uh, you know, at play here. And so we all have a choice to make. You know, the Bible talks about the sign of the beast and these other things where, you know, do you, what side do you choose? And I don't know if that's the time we're in, Sandy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not the guy who God imparts that kind of knowledge to. There'll be other people who will understand that. I'm the guy who God has said, you know what, uh, you're going to go through all of this, and you, I, I'm asking you to stand up and use your mouth and your brain and the physical stamina you have to fight. And there's millions of us who have been called by God to do that. And I just think these establishment inside the Beltway people, who a lot of them were our friends, um, they have a choice to make. 
you can't work for these companies that are saying voter ID is, is racist. You can't work for these companies that say that uh, you can't give any contributions to people who believe in the Constitution. You know, I, I, I was uh, ostracized by people for supporting Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, you know, uh, this is where corporate America is. This is where the powerful and the rich are. And we all have a choice to make. Now, maybe it was easy for me to make it because they hated me so much for uh, aiding and abetting Trump. I don't know. Uh, uh, but I, I know this, which is um, when Mark Zuckerberg and his friends spend $500 million to prefer the outcome of an election, uh, how do you work for Mark Zuckerberg and his friends? I think it's kind of that simple. When you have companies aiding and abetting Liz Cheney's outrageous uh, and unconstitutional behavior on the 1-6 committee, uh, you have an obligation to tell those companies that you're not going to, you can't work for those companies. I know it's sad because they're, cush, they're you know, well-paid, cushy gigs. But, uh, you know, I have a good doctor friend who basically got fired for giving people uh, information on ivermectin, something you and I both understand, Sandy, and about the, the true nature of the virus. Everybody who's standing up to Black Lives Matter, standing up to virus panic, standing up to these terrible mandates, standing up to, uh, you know, voter ID is not racist, standing up to all these, they're losing their job. They're all having to figure out how they make their way as a solo practitioner. This is the moment we're in. I think we all need to band together. By the way, one thing to make us all feel better. Nobody ever cheated when they were going to win. They cheated because <laughs> they were going to lose. Yes, They exactly. cheated because okay. it's their acknowledgement that there are more of us than there are of them. So why don't we start acting like it? Yes, I think so. I think about that at Justin Trudeau, too. Scared to death because he's uh, he's on the brink here. And I think your, your, your observation, that courage, courage has to be exercised at every moment in history, even in the small things. That's how we build up when we are going to be called on to really show courage when we have to pay a terrible price. So this is this is an exercise of courage and honesty. Matt Schlapp, the chairman of the American Conservative Union, thanks for joining me, Matt. It's always great. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.